Thank you, Father, for the baptism of the death of Jesus in this place. I can feel the flutter, flutter, flutter. trance before coming over here man it was so heavy I got knocked out for 15 minutes and I could feel the flutter of the angel wings all over my face for while I was conscious at least who knows what they did to me when I was out that's why you just trust God hallelujah Whatever these angels are doing to us, we know we need it. There is no salvation except through angelic helps, the Bible says. Bob Jones says, I don't believe in angels. I rely on angels. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, welcome everybody. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing already then? Holy! <laughs> Shabbat. A couple people told me they had the best weekends of their entire lives. So if you're wondering what's going on, the weather is better and better the higher you go. So what are we gonna do tonight? Take heavenly flight in glory delight out of sight of earth's blight where there's no more night and no more fright. Where everything is gonna be all right. Holy! <laughs> Bible says encourage yourself in the Lord. So we pray, Lord, give us our daily Snapchat filters. <laughs> One of the easiest ways to encourage yourself in the Lord. <laughs> Woo. If you're not participating with us on Facebook, you're really missing out big time. You're probably only getting about 25% of the possible discipleship. And uh, you're, you're a big loser. <laughs> oh no, we love you. Whatever your reasons are, I'm, I'm sure they're better than the Holy Spirit's. <laughs> we got this idea of what it's supposed to look like. The soul adds nothing to the spirit. It's just a continuous stumbling block until it's crucified. When it's crucified, it's a wonderful magnifier of the perfections of the new creature. The fullness of deity is already indwelling you in bodily form. Now you just gotta tell your face about it. Shabba. Oh man. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I think we, uh... I thought we went live, but I guess we didn't. Well, now we're here. Hallelujah. I, I might have pressed the wrong button and canceled the program. It's all good. 
Thank you, Jesus. You guys doing all right? <laughs> The meek shall inherit the earth. Get everyone a meek coat. It's like a mink coat made of the flesh of Jesus. Hallelujah. I can see us getting carved out tonight. He's releasing uh, the butcher angels. Your body is a cornucopia of heaven on the inside. The Lord lives in the garden of our hearts. And what he's doing is he's pulling up all the things growing in us that don't come from him. <laughs> and it's all the unbelief, it's the doubt, it's whatever came from your human bloodlines until there's nothing human on the inside whatsoever. And you're only looking at what's coming out of the new creature. There's a place of maturity where you're not distracted by anything in the external realm. It's always about the next level of maturity of the new creature. So we thank you, Father, for everyone's spirit maturing tonight in joy, in power and glory and wisdom and ability, and let it renew the mind. The only place of struggle is in the fallen nature that's irrelevant to the new, the new nature in Christ. Your fallen nature, whether you're male or female, whether you're Jew or Gentile, the Bible says is all irrelevant in the New Covenant. All that matters is that Jesus Christ literally has taken permanent dwelling in your spirit. But because we are carnal, natural creatures, it takes a while to recognize our spirit. That's the only struggle, and the Spirit exists by faith, not necessarily your faith, but the faith that God had in Jesus on the cross. Because it's not like the brain grows in faith. The new creature is a creature of faith that has its own faith that's an impartation from the Father. The soul and the brain and the bones and the natural realm and the outside realm, even the works of the outside realm, there's no external thing that can grow the spirit. The spirit grows by faith alone through the grace of the Lord Jesus. And it gets bigger and bigger. What does the Bible say? The fivefold remain into the perfecting of faith. What's the perfecting of faith? Big, gigantic spirits the size of the universe ruling the universe and the spirit having dominion over all the natural realm. But right now we're in the stage of our own spirit taking dominion of our own natural souls and brains. Like this thing has to come under government, government first before our city does. And for most believers in the process of maturing their spirit, it hasn't yet. And so the God inside mindedness is looking at the spirit, going from glory to glory in the spirit, feeding the spirit, and not having the mind influenced by anything else. And it's a lot easier than you think because everything else is just dead anyway. It's just total deception looking at everything else. 
everything else is totally irrelevant, has no eternal value, except what God the Father fathers in the Spirit. The Bible says his entire function on earth is as the Father of Spirits. And just say, that's me. Yeah, he's fathering your spirit. And what's in the way? The soul and the brain. Where is the demonic influence only in the five physical senses? How do we take them to zero? The Bible says there's only one way to take demonic influence to zero in your life, and it's through drowning. It's through a continuous baptism in what God has provided for the new creature, which is Christ in you, the hope of your brain getting baptized in the glory. <laughs> and you can tell when it's happening because the waters are rising in the Ezekiel 47 temple of your human bodies until you come to a point where your brain can't cross and those are like the, the last stages of sanctification until you're an actual huyus. <laughs> Which means fully controlled by the river with no ideas or plans or energies except the Holy Ghost. It's reasonable to be controlled by the Holy Spirit entirely on the inside and have your all your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your cares, your wants, your desires controlled by God. It's called living in heaven. Anything else, then you're in hell living for demons. And everyone does, and so we just think that's the standard here. We think the standard is mixture, that we can be worldly, charismatic Christians, worldly in the glory. But he's going to set us apart from the world and make our spirit so glorified and all you have to do is want it because it's not something that you can produce yourself it's the power of the Holy Ghost who's fathering your spirit and you simply agree with one more powerful than you Peter you know Jesus told Peter about his future growth and his future maturing he said Peter when you were younger you went and did whatever you wanted to do but when you're older one stronger than you will bind you and take you places you don't want to go it's a level of the Holy Ghost conquering your mind or the mind is is no longer a factor and the mind is always a factor when you're young in the Lord when you're older in the Lord it becomes less and less a factor the Bible says if if I'm in my mind it's for you but if I'm out of my mind it's for God and so we grow into God and we get more and more out of our mind each year <laughs> More and more ecstatic. Glory, glory, glory. Second Thessalonians. Man, this this whole chapter whacked me so hard today. We'll start in verse two, but the the key verse is verse ten. Amplified classic grace unmerited favor be to you in heart peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah the Anointed One. We ought and indeed are obligated as those in debt to give thanks always to God for you. Brethren, as is fitting because your faith is growing exceedingly. Your faith is growing exceedingly. 
and the love of every one of you, each towards the others, is increasing and abounds. Now look at love as the energy that comes off the new creature. Since you're born of God, the new creature is only capable of love. It doesn't have any other nature. You have a perfect spirit. The Bible says in 1 John that you've been born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God and cannot sin. But the soul and the brain are irrelevant. It's almost like he's giving you a lizard body to cocoon in. Almost, yeah. It's almost like you cocoon inside lizard skins. Reptilian. And so if you're looking at how bad the soul is and how bad the goat brain is and how bad the goat horns and the soulish pride and the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, you're just like, man, it's a demon. But you're not allowed to look in that dimension. You're only allowed to look in the Holy of Holies. If you look in the outer court dimension, you're always looking at the realm of the dead and that's what's being magnified. It's like heaping dust on your head. But if you're looking more inward into the living water, then your eyes get more and more crystallized and sparkly. And you begin magnifying living water through the body, through the temple. And then it becomes all about bringing rivers. It becomes all about Jesus and nothing about you. I was praying today and I said, Lord, what's their problem? And the Holy Ghost says, selfishness. That's what he said. He said audibly, he said, the problem, the reason why there's such a struggle and so much in this generation is because of how much selfishness there is. And he loves you regardless, but he wants you to be aware of that because that's what Jezebel is. The demonic stuff that you're dealing with and the wrestling continuously in this generation is because of Jezebel-influenced selfishness mixed with your spirituality. I mean, there's people that will just manifest for decades. It just seems like endless demonic manifestations and endless problems and sorrows and sadness. It's not supposed to be like that. Circumcision is a snip and then now only good fruit. The reason why it's not like that for many is because of selfishness. So if you pass through the sword and stay through the sword in the garden of your spirit, only good things are going to come out of your spirit and the good will override the bad. The bad will come around you and try to hurt your feelings, steal your joy, steal your peace, because the enemy is a thief, which means he only wants to steal the things that are good and from God in your life, because he doesn't have any, and he only gets them if he can steal them from you. So if you start living in the garden, and you use the sword before your face, the key is being sealed with the sword that guards the Garden of Eden and your angels to guard your heart. Guard your hearts above all else from out of it proceed the issues of life. You know you need to guard your hearts from ask Job, your friends and family, number one. And have the sword of the Lord before your face to guard you from your friends and family, you know. Your wife is telling you in Job to curse God and die. Not today, Satan. Not today. No, I have the sword of the Lord in front of my face to, to deal with you, Mrs. Job. Amen. <laughs> and, yeah. and she could take the sword of the Lord, put it before her face, and cleanse their heart. And the heart 
cleansing is that circumcision of the same sword that guarded the Garden of Eden. It's a sword of fire. It's a sword that entrusts the protection of your heart, which is your spirit, from the enemy. That's what it means to guard your heart from out of it proceeds the issues or the rivers of life. Because the enemy just wants to influence your heart shut down your heart, then there's no life in the soul, and the only other option is slavery to the realm of the natural. There's no heavenly witness, there's no ascension, there's no glory to glory. I mean, forget there isn't even a Holy Spirit at that point. It's just some external witchcraft. And so people get bewitched if their hearts get shut down by anything. Remember your first love. Return to your first love. What does that mean? Return to the spot where the glory comes out. And then put a guard on it. Put a seal on my heart, Song of Solomon 8 says. The seal on your heart is that nothing can influence the development of my spirit. I've prioritized God above all else. I have no idolatry because I'm not deceived anymore. I understand the purpose of my existence is to grow in God. And the reason why I have a brain is to renew it, to bring a flood to the outside realm and drown all, drown all the realm of the dead. He wants you connected to the external. He's planning to do as temples, ambassadors for Christ, more than conquerors through Christ who's called you, called you to what? Baptize nations, Mark 16, which means to release all of the glory that's in your spirit through your heart as your heart's purified from unrighteousness your soul, your feelings and emotions get progressively more and more controlled by the river. And so the only influence in your feelings is feeling God. Like You come to a place where you're so burnt up in the four chambers of your heart by practicing union and fellowship with Jesus in your belly that the only thing you feel is God. How are you feeling today? God. I feel God today. I don't feel anything else because I'm not serving the world. Amen. And if you are, just snip, snip. That's why you have the sword of the spirit. For you just lay hands on the back of your brainstem and disconnect from the matrix and come out of that tub of goo and go party in Zion with, with Neo and Morpheus and Trinity in Jesus' name. Glory. It's always a rave and a laser light show in Zion. Progressively delivered from Satan. Hallelujah. 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 And so we just shut the enemy down so that we don't end up with a frown. We don't take it personally because we divided soul from spirit unless we're selfish. If we're selfish, there's no division between soul and spirit. So it's all personal in the soul because I have not yet discovered my spirit. So the only realm that I live in is a realm that's condemned of sin and the realm that cleanses me is unknown to my brain. So I'm offended by everything. It's the realm of pride. It's the realm of the dead. You have to renew your mind by faith it will take faith first and usually you'll feel it first and then later on your eyes will clear up, your brain will clear up from practice and faith and you begin to see the glory. The pure in heart will see glory. You're looking right into the holy holies, not outwardly like the bewitched to look into the second heavens, but inwardly like the revelatory to look into the third heaven. The Bible says the second heavens is outside you, but the third heaven is within you. Greater is he that is in you, third heaven, than he that is in the world, second heaven. 
Greek word world cosmos. So if you're looking outwardly, you're only demonically influenced and only selfish. I don't care how Christian and revelation and prophetic and glory, charismatic, whatever. If you're outward, you're bewitched and worldly. If you're inward, you're going from glory to glory because you're growing your eternal spirit of the Father of Spirits that you may receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation of intimate knowledge from the Father of Glory. It's intimate because it's in your spirit. The part of you that bears the Father's image is the part of you hidden under that brown mantle of human flesh. He likes to develop it in the secret place. God's not all about developing it out in the open. He develops it in the secret place. Remember, it's all about God. What's the opposite of fellowship? Or of, of selfishness? Fellowship with God. Union with God is the exact opposite of selfishness. It's the only thing to overcome your last wrestling with Jezebel. You cannot overcome these principalities that you'll face in the glory. When you come into the glory, you're, you're saying, I'm bringing the new heavens. When you come into the glory, you're saying, I am the new government of God. So you're dealing with a whole different level than you are in, in lower levels on the mountain. The higher on the mountain, the more you're taking administration over this universe. And you could be 12 years old. It's not about age. It's about how well you know him and can repeat after him his leadership over this world. Ephesians 5.1, like well-beloved children imitate their fathers. So you're only hearing what your father's saying, speaking what your father's saying, doing what your father's doing, without any independence in your five physical senses controlled by the river. The river is the will of God. My food is to do the will of God. What was Jesus' food? Ascension. Jesus grew. How did Jesus grow? By staying under the influence of the Holy Spirit by letting his brain be constantly controlled by the Holy Ghost. Jesus only knew the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God from birth. It's true. You know, read the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ or the revealing of what's in the man. So there's no mention of Holy Spirit in Revelation. Not once, except as the seven spirits of God four times, because that's how Jesus knew the Holy Spirit. In order to come into a manifestation of sonship, you have to know the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God. There are seven interior castles of your soul. Without the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, which is the knowledge of the glory, the knowledge of how the living water works in the plumbing of the new covenant temple of your bodies, out of your innermost being flows rivers, seven of them, for the seven interior castles. If you don't understand the seven spirits of God, you're left with Enoch's seven metal mountains and Apostle John's, the seven-headed beast of the whore of Babylon, which is carnality natural without water, dryness. See, they're metal because it's man's building. And they're all the Christian works that aren't controlled by the living waters are metal mountains. Dead works, all of it. Institutions. Appearance of good. All kinds of ideas of how to help others. But you have a helper sent from God who's the only helper down here. And unless you're relying on Him, your works are 
Vanity, vanity, chasing after the wind. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. So it's all about a deeper relationship with the river as a person of the Lord. The river is master. It's not just liquid, it's the master. And so your intimacy with the river and your knowledge of the river and how the river flows through your soul is how intimate in your current rank in Joel's army and power and authority, dominion and might. And you're going to grow in the flow. And it's going to renew your mind to always know the greater one in you to take dominion over the lesser one that's in the world. You can't do it in the soul. When you try, you fail and you lose. But when the river does it, he already has the dominion. He already has the victory. The cross defeated every fallen angel, big and small, at the cross. And the manifestation of the victories of the cross are in the river. The river manifests from your spirit all the victories of Christ over everything. So the more the brain is wakes up to that dimension, the more you enter the rest. That's what you labor to enter the rest. What do you labor to enter rest? What is the work or the labor to believe? And when you believe, the river, the victories and the works of the Spirit begin to flow through you like a river. So you can say, it's not me doing the works, it's the Father in me, like Jesus Christ's testimony in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. We ought and indeed are obligated as those in debt to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith is growing exceedingly, and the love of every one of you each towards the others is increasing and abounds. And this is a cause of our mentioning you with pride among the churches, assemblies of God, for your steadfastness, your unflinching endurance, patience, and your firm faith in the midst of all the persecutions and crushing distresses and afflictions under which you are holding up. This is positive proof of the just and right judgment of God to the end that you may be deemed deserving of his kingdom, a plain token of his fair verdict which designs that you should be made and counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, you have to judge yourself and count yourself worthy of the kingdom of God. If you haven't come to that place, the enemy is still exploiting your lack of resolution. You know, they call it holiness, but it's not holiness, it's false humility. False humility is a really sneaky form of pride. There is a place to come in because of the blood of Jesus, you're counting and judging your soul worthy of the kingdom. You have to do that. You have to consider yourself worth being saved. If God likes you, you better understand these things. Otherwise, you're going to give footholds to the enemy continuously. Amen. A lot of people want to beat themselves up and call it holiness. They want to disagree with God's feelings towards them, putting them in agreement with the enemy. Listen, the Holy Spirit will manifest the feelings and the thoughts of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ where you need it most, in your brains, in your minds. The mind is so deceived that it needs to hear clearly that God has judged you worthy of the kingdom of heaven. 
God has judged you, your soul, regardless of past sins. The blood of Jesus is greater than your sin. The blood of Jesus is greater than your memory. The blood of Jesus is greater than your natural existence, your bloodlines. Anything, any deception, anything about you, the blood of Jesus is better than you. It's greater than you. And if you agree with the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is the Word of God. The blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So the blood of Jesus is your worthiness to inherit the kingdom. So you're looking at the blood, knowing that He paid a price for your soul to enter the glory, for your brain to enter the glory. Don't leave your brain out of the glory. The demonic influence will be constant. You have non-stop problems. It will just be drama, drama, drama every day, endless drama. But once you get your brain into the glory, the drama's gone. At least for you. Now they might be manifesting around you like crazy, but at least your problems are over. Now you begin to help in the glory cloud, letting the glory cloud fix the situation of everyone messed up around you like you used to be. You know, you're only able to channel what you've been healed from by revelations going deeper in the glory. Yeah. You look at the first coming of Jesus, nobody, this was from Brian Simmons watching him this week, and he said, there wasn't a single person that recognized the Messiah except they had direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Joseph had four dreams. Mary had Archangel Gabriel. Shepherds had the angels. Wise men had the stars. There was direct revelation for every person that saw the Messiah in his first coming. Which means in the second coming, you ain't going to follow Jesus unless you have direct revelation. Dreams, visions, angels. You need them. Without them, you're not going to see his second coming because he's coming in a materialization of the glory from the inside of the bride. The word coming has nothing to do with distance. It has to do with substance materializing, like filling an aquarium. Okay, so it's already full, but it's like it's like basically pouring milk in it. And it's just the concentration until it's just whole milk. Starts out clear water and ends up whole milk, and the milk is the glory. And that's his coming. His coming is an intensification of his manifest presence in his omnipresence. The sec this is how the second coming is. Second coming isn't pie in the sky isn't this external thing that's nonsense that's that's false there's not one mention of second coming in the entire new testament it's totally unbiblical just like the rapture it's not in there the second coming is the intensification of his presence in you he's coming with the magnification of his presence he's gonna come from within his people just like he was birthed through woman the first time physically he'll be birthed through woman which represents soul spiritually in his second coming which is his second materialization he's coming inside his people's spirits and there will be an ever intensification of the glory so all the works of the enemy and the fall a lot of the smarter fallen angels know this so what they do is they deceive your brain to not magnify Jesus in your spirit which is not speed his coming so you don't you don't intensify the presence of his glory in your cities and you're just around here waving your hands at Saturn and the sun and worshiping the starry hosts and stuff with your hands outstretched to a Jesus you don't even know. But when you lay hands on your belly and you begin to intensify the, the spirit in you, 
and the glory in you and the word of God in you and the blood of Jesus in you. And it begins to get stronger and stronger inside these jars of clay. The jars of clay are the alabaster boxes. And they're going to break many times. Every time you come to a certain level of glory, like each glory to glory level, each degree of glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory, is a breaking of the outer and a revealing of the inner. For God wants to reveal the sons of God as the exact same glory nature as Him as a glory being. What is God? God is a being of glory. So are you. You're born of the glory of the Father. That's what born again is. You are born, your spirit, its nature is glory. It's completely foreign to heart. It's completely foreign to brain. That's why there has to be a discipleship. Even the people that have conversions in the glory, great apostle Paul, look at him. I mean, he was blinded by the glory. The king of glory came and then went inside his spirit, but he still had 14 plus three years in Arabia to get all of the witchcraft and sorcery of religion out of him for the king of glory to come up and just rest on his forehead and renew his mind to live in that new nature because it's totally foreign to the earthly nature. The training is for the new creature to conquer the old creature. And the Bible says that both of those things, the external, wars against the internal. But the internal is greater than the external. Christ in your spirit is greater than anything outside your body. And so going consistently from glory to glory, a place of being rock solid in spiritual growth, a person that will be unchanging no matter World War III or half the population dies from some kind of mysterious disease. None of these things will touch you. Psalms 91, it is written. And they'll just be like, oh, just another day in Babylon or over Babylon because it won't even it'll be so under your feet. This, When you are rock solid with your brain controlled by the glory of your new creature, nothing of the external judgments will touch you. It'll actually always be a standard being raised in your spirit like an elevator going above the storms. In the old covenant, you weathered the storms in the storms. The new covenant, you rise above them. You'll rise above them if you're in your own spirit. The new creature has the ability to go from elevations, glory to glory. Which means if there's a bad system going down on this elevation, we're just going high today. You will see the angels ascending and descending. How many of y'all know you're one of the angels ascending and descending? The Psalms of Ascension. The Spirit of David ascended. He who descended is also he who ascended yes. to the right hand of God in glory. Which means you're going to be just like Jesus, ascending and descending. What elevation are you in today? Your mind can speak in all these elevations. And it's all about love and what yes. elevation. You don't want to be influenced by the world, so you will have to rise above storms. And you'll speak words above storms. A pillar in the temple of my God is a pillar is all these different elevations that you can communicate the word of God from, from your spirit. So you can speak to people above their situation so they take their eyes off themselves and they go up in the pillar. The pillar of smoke, the pillar that holds up 
the tent of meeting, which means you'll meet with him in a new higher realm when you're around overcomers. Overcomers will have the apostolic grace to raise your spirit from the dead while you're in the body. Your ears are going to pop. The brain doesn't comprehend the things of the spirit, nor can it, but it will experience the overflow of your spirit holding on to these words from God. And when your ears pop and your eyes start to get brighter, it's your mind getting renewed to the superiority of the spirit over the natural dimension, which is the beginning of the perfecting of your faith. He's going to finish it. You know what finished, authored, and perfected faith is? The brain fully submitted and seeing the realities of your own spirit in Christ, in the kingdom. Equally yoked to Christ Jesus with spiritual ability is always seen from that overcomer's dimension. Those who overcome will sit with me on my throne. Not theoretically, not theologically. Physically, spiritually, mentally, morally, in reality. And it's going to feel like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through your body constantly. Constantly. It'll feel like lightning coming out of your hands. You'll feel lightning coming out of your skulls. You'll feel lightning. I remember this one time I was around this prophetic person and he was talking about the cherubim and stuff and I felt uh, flashes of lightning in the center of my heart. Like the throne room flashes of cherubim lightning materialized inside my temple and I increased my faith to be more God inside minded, seeing throne room activity going on inside my chest cavity and hearing the audible voice of God inside my spiritual stomach. You know, you'll, you'll get so possessed in your spirit, start kicking in there, your brain look and be like, he's really, really in there. You begin to hear God clearly. You have an unction from the Holy One who knows all things. The omniscience of the Holy Spirit in you. He'll begin to agree with you as you yield to Christ in you. You begin to see Him on the inside. You know, those who know their God will do great exploits. The enemy, warlock, sorcerer, witches, they know their demon gods. And they, have, they expect interaction. They expect contact. But oftentimes Christians are so religious, we're surprised by contact and emotion and manifestation from an act of living God. But he's really in there. He's got an amazing personality and he wants to reveal himself on the inside to your mind. That's how you transfigure by the renewing your mind by realizing the glory. And when the mind discovers Christ in you, it becomes an endless well of living water springing up in you unto eternal life. And then you begin to know so well, you can say, this is the well of salvation. This is the Holy Spirit water. The Spirit and the Bride of this water says, come and drink it. And this is how you get saved. By discovering the living water of God inside your very spirit so the ones that come to you get their spirit glorified and since the spirit is glorified within the soul the soul shares in the transfiguration of the spirit but the soul never adds anything to the spirit the brain never adds anything to the spirit that's all worldliness that's all religion that's all satan 
So maturity is simply the soul and the mind, the brain, the heart and the brain being totally passive to the development of the spirit, learning how to take the back seat to the spirit and getting the overflow through spiritual breakthroughs. Spiritual realities, conquering natural realities, bringing the world back into divine order. The government of God is the order of the living water through the bride's spirit. This living water is not mystery. There's no mystery in it. Revelation demolishes mystery. Babylon's mystery, which means not knowing, perishing for lack of knowledge. The mystery's gone. The water comes out of your spirit, out of your innermost being flows rivers. The innermost being is the born again, perfect part of you that's rising and is always in union. Laboring to enter the rest is persuading your brain that I'm in constant union. If anyone's joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. I'm not growing in union. I'm letting the reality conquer unreality. I'm letting the spirit rise in my soul. I'm learning how to yield. I'm learning how to stop striving. I'm giving God my brain. I'm giving him my soul. I'm knowing the river as my master. The spirit of Elijah, the river of life rising in my heart, transforming all my opinions and ideas about everything. Less and less worldly, less and less American every day. Less and less cultural, more and more heavenly. That's what holiness is, is being separated from earth. Now you have wisdom about all the things on the earth. I'm all things, all people, hopes of saving some. So it's not like you're ignorant. You're actually the most intelligent spiritual creatures in creation. You begin to have an intelligence like gigantic angels. You know, the bigger the angel, the smarter the angel because intelligence is measured by light inside spirit. Einstein said great spirits have always been violently opposed by mediocre minds. So intelligence, even from Einstein, was all based on spirit, zero on flesh and brain. Because the brain only gets, it's the outer court of spiritual intelligence. Now the revelation of Jesus Christ is all spiritual intelligence has been shared with your spirit because the blockages, very few people actually let it conquer their brain because it's inconvenient and it's uncomfortable and it's strange, it's different, it's weird. It's a different creation. It's a different world. It's the world of heaven. It's the world of God. God's world is all spirit. Satan's world is all flesh. You can take your flesh with you into God's world as long as it's an obedient magnifier of the spirit's superiority. If the flesh ever takes control or leadership, you just lose all of the benefits of spirit and go back into an animal life. It gets seven times worse. And that will happen during your walk. Dogs return to vomit. A dog returning to vomit is forfeiting spiritual ability and spiritual essence and living as mere men and women in the dirt of the natural realm. And then you go back to the river, which is repentance, and start living for Christ in your spirit and get washed. A lot of times you just go spend a half hour in the Bible or pray in tongues for 15 minutes, and it's just like just washes that junk right off your heart and mind. You'll have to learn how to stay clean. The Bible says sanctify yourself, which is your faith in Christ's ability in your new creature in your spirit. It's not self-righteousness, it's his imparted righteousness, but he's given you a river 
and you have a choice of shutting it down. It's what bewitchment is. Bewitchment is choosing to shut down your own sanctification that your spirit provides for the soul and mind and choosing to be good in your own eyes and get involved in religion and you think it's God but it's witchcraft and that's why people are miserable or that's why they're selfish that's why they never come into a place of consistency in the river the enemy is a cunning serpent he knows how to shut down the spirit and he gets most people to do it right after they're born again they had like one day of bliss the honeymoon lasted one day then it's over and it becomes about I gotta read my Bible my 15 minute devotional in the morning I had an ecstatic experience 15 years ago I had a trance one time I got drunk at a conference one time and you forget how like it's forgetting Zion when you're in Babylon they hung their harps on willow trees, which is forgetting your spirit's ability. Hanging your harp is no longer living by your spirit. When you're in your spirit, you're always developing new stuff will spring out. There's always something new coming in the river. This is how God the Father fathers the born-again creature, is by passing his spiritual essence as a river of life through the spirit and the mind gets illuminated to the spirit superiority in the bio in the in the body but then it will begin to come out the body and begin to come out the gates this is the great floods the floods of the days of noah are the manifestations of the new creatures out of body i mean we say we're bilocated seated with christ heavenly places on earth as it is in heaven this is you know biblical realities but how about the the vision of our spirit being so rock solid it's as if it has physical eyes and that's the place where your spirit is more powerful than your body and that's the place where satan is defeated because you've used the cross the sheep gate to go in the father which is to develop the spirit to rule from the realm of the spirit because in that realm in this universe is where the principalities are because that's what rules the world is the spirit the invisible in this universe not in the third heaven in the second heaven it's the invisible that rules the natural through fallen angels and the sorcerers have ruled the nation since the fall of Adam Satan's sons and daughters people that have faith in the realm of the dead with physical contact with fallen angels and it's common it's not even rare it's common you've brushed shoulders with these people your entire life some of you are involved with it at the sound of my voice. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of times the, the realm of the dead will come around the realm of the living just to check it out. We, de we deal with it all the time. I've had people scream at me a block away, what are you doing? Why are you shutting down my portals? I can't communicate with hell. Screaming at me out in public in this in the streets and I said well it's because of the superiority of the Holy Ghost and I actually trained this warlock like 15 years ago brought him into a coffee shop and we read the book of Hebrews together and I showed him how superior God was over the demons he'd been working with his whole life yeah it was real pretty fun that was my favorite thing back in the day was discipling people out of the occult did it almost every day we had, there was a satanic coffee shop in Minneapolis called Hard Times Cafe and just occult everywhere. 
I mean, they'd be practicing the old cult just out on the tabletops. Lots of heroin use, people that end up dead in the bathrooms all the time. People upstairs overdosing, and two weeks later, they went in and checked on them, and they had four cats, and had eaten all the flesh off their bodies. They were just skeletons above where I was doing full-time ministry for two weeks, right above me. Just in total hell on earth. And, I, and people would say, man, you're glowing, because the contrast would be so much brighter in, in that place where there's so much darkness. It was one of the funnest times in my life. These demon-possessed warlocks would come. I'd be standing outside. People, they'd be stabbing people, shooting people. There's organized crime everywhere over there. They call it Little Mogadishu. These, these gangs were so vicious. They'd be stabbing people, curb stomping people. It'd be like parting the Red Sea. They would never touch me. One guy did try to stab me. And when he came at me, everything went into slow motion. And I just walked by him, didn't even run. I just walked and he's just stabbed off to the side into the air. That was amazing. <laughs> and that was one of the leaders of one of the gangs around there. He was so demon-possessed, but his demons were so weak. That was in 2006. Oh, hallelujah. So I, I've witnessed the constant superiority of the spirit over the flesh. And nowadays, the spirit is getting so strong, it's... There's a dominion of our spirit that is sovereign over creation, but there's a judgment upon the wicked. See, most people don't believe in this stuff, so they don't, they don't experience the victories of Christ. So there is a reaction to the overflow of the victories of the believers that are really going deep in the river. And that looks like judgment. That looks like chaos and confusion. That looks like Nebuchadnezzar crawling on his belly eating grass. That looks like people losing their minds. You think it would be all good. Well, the Bible says it's not going to be all good for the unbeliever. The glory and the living water actually tortures and torments them because they don't like God and they don't want to get washed. It's like hosing down a cat. The water is Satan to them. They'll go crazy. They'll hiss. Their hair will stand on out. They'll run away from you as fast as they can. But the days of Noah, the water will come from above and below and all throughout so fast that nothing can escape getting washed. That's actually what the lake of fire is. Torturing and tormenting every unclean thing in the universe. Angel and animal. All and angelic spirit wash all animal flesh and animal blood washed every element every cloud every star in the heavens every sand on the earth washed it's a promise that your spirit is going to release enough water out of it to cleanse the world and it's through that cleansing first thessalonians we'll get into it in a minute but it talks about the chaste spirit the purity of your spirit is your current ability to wash everything. If it's impure, you know, Christ is still impure, but you're not participating in his purity, so you're not washing. You're taking the day off. Get back into the clarity. Get back into the cleanliness. Get back into the purity of Christ. It's basically just returning, repenting to him on the inside and get washed and get pure. His purity is imparted into you. You have none of your own, but his purity is so powerful in there, it begins to conquer everything about the animal that's impure, and the animal changes forms. You can go from a bowl of Bashan. You can go from an unclean weasel. 
You can go from an unclean dog. Jesus called people dogs. You can go from dogs, go from animals into a white dove, which means the release. Cleansing your garments is cleaning your body from immoral acts and religious acts, which is sorcery. Sorcery and immorality. Immorality and sorcery, all the pride and lust of Satan and his angels, is what changes the temple on the outside to different animal forms. Glory to glory is the transfiguration of your spirit, but the outside reflection in the form is a different animal every season. Every season. One season, you might be a pit bull. You might be a raging bull. You might be the, a lion. I tell you what, you go higher, your form on your outside, when it's clear, the highest form you can have externally is the white dove. White dove is the total cleanliness and purity of your spirit shining through your heart, your blood, your brain, your mind, your bones, your marrow, and a perfect release of crystal clear, sparkling, living water to wash the world. That is the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus, is the white dove. There is a level of the white dove in the perfecting of the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit wants to raise you up into that level of morality. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, that there is a spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts you out from among the dead, even while in the body. The moral resurrection determines the elevation of your inner man, which is the possibility of your dominion over the external realm. Whoever has the dominion in the spirit, in the internal realm, has the dominion in the external realm, and it's all about elevations of spirit. Spirit, spirit, spirit. The enemy is conquered this ground by the forfeit of Adam and Eve's dominion and so we're taking it back by purifying our hearts and allowing the white dove to raise the elevation the high place that's why it's called the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus it's an elevation of your spirit it's a mark it's a throne it's a white eagle's nest it's a white dove nest it is the actual throne of the lamb over this universe and it's obtainable in this life, and that's why you run the race to win the prize of that high calling in Christ Jesus. It's the absolute purity of the Lamb lifting up the inner man for a reign as a dove. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? These are the manifesting sons that got perfected with sanctification. Everything after you're born again is to make your soul and your brain as pure as the part of you that received God's word at the first. And the word begins to just conquer. The word begins to take over. Other words that are causing other manifestations get lesser and weaker. The word of God is dominant. But the word of God is not forceful. It doesn't rape the soul. It takes only volunteers. It doesn't force its way into rooms. That's why he says, I stand at the door and knock, and you choose if you let me in. I, I don't just break through the door. That's not how Jesus works. J Jesus is not a thief. Jesus is not a rapist. And this is intimacy, so it's based on willingness to let him in into new areas of your heart, which are often blocked up with fears because we just don't know them as well as we think we do. And it's like, I don't know about that area of my life. It's all wounded. And do I want a holy 
spotless God to come into this area of a mess and you have to let him in each time he cleans it out and that's how you grow in knowing him through sanctification is letting him into the mess of the heart, the feelings, the emotions, the rage, the murder, the anger, the memories, the pains, the wounds, all of it, all of your human experiences that have been all hell, because to live in the human dimension is to live in the kingdom of hell, and you just let Jesus deal with you. You just get on the threshing floor. Amen. There's no marriage to Christ without the threshing floor. It's the story of Ruth in the Bible that unless you went into the threshing floor, there's no Boaz represented by Jesus Christ. She had to get totally whacked in her heart, vulnerable and threshed and getting real, getting raw, wriggling, vulnerable. And I'm, I'm not going to protect myself or play act that I have it all together and it's not about being a drama queen it's about getting cleaned up in the heart and there is a threshing sledge with teeth and the ox threshes one of the natures of Christ the high priest is the ox of God and he'll thresh the heart he'll thresh the DNA he'll thresh the spirit he'll uproot the roots in the spirit he'll uproot anything growing in the soul he'll uproot the mind he'll tear down strongholds the ox needs to work head to toes. Jesus Christ is a mighty ox. You embrace the ox nature, he cleanses all the soil of spirit, soul, mind, bones and marrow. Can the dry bones live if they allow the ox to carry it into the river? Amen. And it's like walking with God. Where are we walking? Walking into a brighter glory. It's going to change you. It's going to take your bones into a different dimension of existence of autopilot. When your body, when your body follows your spirit, it gets easier and easier. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It doesn't get harder. It gets easier if you're walking with Jesus. If you're walking with false Jesus, if you're walking with false Holy Spirit, it gets harder. The high responsibility is like more maintaining stuff. It's like more effort. Oh my God, I have so many bills. Oh my God, I have so much responsibility. Well, you need to repent get back in the river because your whole house is labored in vain. If you let the Lord build the house, it's the Lord's responsibility and everything is easy with God, it is written. Everything's easy with God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He'll just, he'll just shake Elon Musk a little and, and then get out his angelic rake and be like, done. Where's the Mega Millions guy in Illinois with his $732 million cash out? Just send an angel into his house. And the sovereignty of God to move money around is awesome in the Bible. It's awesome. It's everywhere. There's streams of income in scripture. There's a lot more stuff in the Bible about finances than the religious spirit wants you to know about. They say, oh, all the, they say money is the root of all evil, but it's the love of money. Without money, your life is miserable. Without the external rewards of the internal transfiguration, the devil got all your rewards and your life still sucks. And, and you're miserable and you're suffering needlessly because of a lack of revelation. Your outer man's perishing. Salvation's for your inner man first, but equally shared like justice skills for the outer man. If the outer man's not sharing with the inner man's breakthroughs, the devil got the victory. The devil got the reward. And that often happens when we're deceived and 
huge areas of our life, but we're going to get revelation. We're going to get it all back. When you get revelation, he restores everything that the, the canker worm Satan has eaten. If a thief be caught stealing, he must repay sevenfold. Satan only comes as a thief. The thief only comes to steal. Now, well, because of a double portion of thief, the very nature of Satan is stealing from God. Is it going to happen to you? I mean, it happened to Jesus for three and a half years. He had one of his apostles stealing from him often and doing whatever he wanted with it. And if it happened to Christ, the Bible says it's guaranteed going to happen to you and it's going to hurt, it's going to be painful, and you're going to suffer, but it's your spirit will conquer and you will recover all. There will be a recovery for what's been stolen by the enemy. Your angels are stronger than demons. There is a purpose and a meaning in it that you don't lose heart. In this world you have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. These things that you face in life are what develop character. Look at Jesus' life. Jesus didn't have it easy. I mean, everything about his life was opposition, misunderstanding. His parents didn't even understand him. His family completely rejected him, thought he was mentally ill. Jesus said, if they persecute the master, they'll treat you the same way, Matthew 5. Which means you signed up for divinity. So the natural realm of humanity can't understand divinity. So you're going to have to just buckle down and just face this stuff, but you're going to have the presence with you. By signing up to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, which means to follow Him in spirit and truth, to be a worshiper in spirit and truth, which means my presence will go with you. It's a guarantee. If you're walking with the Father in the coolness of the day that you've allowed Him to father your spirit, no matter how bad it gets on the outside, ecstasy will be ever-increasing on the inside, so you won't even feel it. He gives you pain meds. So you don't need Tylenol and Advil. He's going to shoot up your spirit to deal with the stuff on the outside. The Bible said if the enemy comes, God comes in like a flood and raises the standard. The, the measurement and the standard razor is standing up on the inside. There is nothing that you will face on the outside if it's God's will and you're in the river and you're spirit-led and not just strange fire-led. <laughs> that God will not raise himself in you to deal with it externally. That's why the burden's easy and, and light. It doesn't mean you're not going to deal with all the devils in hell and all the fallen angels and all the second heavens, all the earth and all the problems in the world. You will. I mean, you'll deal with everything wrong in the whole universe. The issue is it'll be him in the temple, God in his own temple, dealing with it, and you'll be in the back seat watching your father do the works like Jesus' ministry for three and a half years, and all you'll be doing is beaming in joy. The Father will do some stuff through you all the time that will shock your own mind. They'll expand your knowledge of Him, watching Him work. And your full-time job is just to manifest your Father and let everything else be blasted out of you. Your natural Father wants to come in from the outside in. Get that thing out of you. Disconnect. You need to sever that soul tie. You need to be in a soul tie to Jesus. You know, that is a covenant. You can't have external soul ties to these things and walk with Jesus as a disciple. Covenant is a tie. It's a marriage. Which means that my soul is now controlled by one Holy Spirit. And all the other influence of man, women, even spouse, children, all of it, work, money, business, all of it 
is so secondary that it's like it's nothing compared to God, which perfects you in dealing with all the external stuff, which makes you government. You can't be government with having external influence from family members. It's not possible. It's still immaturity. There has to be a total union with the Father on the inside. First love. Hallelujah. Verse 6, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It is a fair decision since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with distress and affliction those who distress and afflict you and to recompense you who are so distressed and afflicted by granting you relief and rest along with us your fellow sufferers when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire to deal out retribution, chastisement, and vengeance upon those who do not know or perceive or become acquainted with God and upon those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it keeps getting better. Wait you hear this. 2 Thessalonians 1.9 Such people will pay the penalty and suffer the punishment of everlasting ruin, yes. destruction and perdition, and eternal exclusion and banishment from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day, He'll be made more glorious in His consecrated people. What's the coming? The Lord being made more glorious in His consecrated people. What's going on with all y'all right now? We're getting more consecrated so we can get more glorious. So Jesus gets more glorious in us. That's it. That's all we're doing. More glorious in His consecrated people and He will be marveled at and admired in His glory reflected in all who have believed, who have adhered to, trusted in, and relied on Him, because our witnessing among you was confidently accepted and believed and confirmed in your lives. With this in view, we constantly pray for you, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling and His every ever gracious purpose of goodness and with power may complete in your every particular work of faith. Faith, which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Thus may the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through and in you. The name gets more glorious in you. And may you also be glorified in him according to the grace, favor, and blessing of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. But relative to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah and our gathering together to meet Him, we beg you, brethren, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled, not to allow your minds to be disturbed, not to allow your minds to be excited, not to allow your minds to be alarmed. 
Whether it be by some pretended revelation of the Spirit or by word or letter allegedly from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way. For that day will not come except the apostasy comes first unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. And the man of lawlessness sin is revealed, who is the son of doom of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly, insolently, against and over all that is called God and that is worshipped, even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. Do you not recollect that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifested, revealed in his own appointed time for the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority is already at work in the world. But it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan and will be attended by great power with all sorts of pretended miracles, signs, and delusive marvels, all of them lying wonders, and by unlimited seduction to evil, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, going to perdition because they did not welcome the truth, but refused to love it, that they might be saved. Therefore God sends upon them a misleading influence, a working of error, and a strong delusion to make them believe what is false, in order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe in, who refuse to adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. But we, brethren, beloved by the Lord, ought and are obligated as those who are in debt to give thanks always to God for you, because God chose you from the beginning as his first fruits, first converts for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and your belief in, adherence to, trust in, and reliance on the truth. It was to this end that he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain and share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. So then, brethren, stand firm, hold fast to the traditions and instructions which you were taught by us, whether by our word of mouth or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us everlasting consolation and encouragement and well-founded hope through his grace, unmerited favor, comfort, and encourage your hearts. <laughs> and strengthen them, make them steadfast, and keep them unswerving in every good work and word. Furthermore, brethren, pray for us. 
that the word of the Lord may speed on, spread rapidly, and run its course, and be glorified, extolled, and triumph, even as it has done with you. <laughs> and that we may be delivered from perverse, improper, unrighteous, and wicked activity, malicious men, for not everybody has faith and is held by it. Yet the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you, and he will set you on a firm foundation, and he will guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that you are doing and will continue to do the things which we suggest and with which we charge you. May the Lord direct your hearts into realizing and showing the love of God and into the steadfastness and patience of Christ and in waiting for his return. Now we charge you, brethren, in the name and on the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that you withdraw and keep away from every brother, fellow believer, who is slack in the performance of duty and is disorderly, living as a shirker and not walking in accord with the traditions and instructions that you have received from us. <laughs> Awfully quiet in there. <laughs> For you yourselves know how it is necessary to imitate our example. For we were not disorderly or shirking of duty when we were with you. We were not idle. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and struggle we worked night and day that we might not be a burden or impose on any of you for our support. It was not because we do not have a right to such support, but we wish to make ourselves an example for you to follow. For while we were yet with you, we gave you this rule in charge. If anyone will not work, neither let him eat. Indeed, we hear that some among you are disorderly, that they are passing their lives in idleness, neglectful of duty, being busy with other people's affairs instead of their own and doing no work. Now we charge and exhort such persons as ministers in him, exhorting those in the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, that they work in quietness and earn their own food and other necessities. And as for you, brethren, do not become weary or lose heart in doing right, but continue in well-doing without weakening. But if anyone in the church refuses to obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and do not associate with him, so that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but simply admonish and warn him as still being a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions. Whatever comes, the Lord will be with you all. I, Paul, write this final greeting with my own hand. This is the mark and sign that it is not a forgery in every letter of mine. It is the way I write my handwriting and signature. 
the grace, spiritual blessing, and favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, be with you all. Amen, so be it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Second Thessalonians. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone's spirit getting built up tonight. Thank you, Father, for a fresh baptism of our mind, the washing of the water of the Word from the great Apostle Paul. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for honoring this Word and washing everyone's hearts and taking to heart what is written. Thank you for people going deeper in the water of the Word. How do you get a greater water? You go deeper in the Word, and the water gets greater as the Word gets greater in you. It's the Word in you that is the measuring system of the water. If you have a little bit of Word, that's what shallow water is. It's not great big water by simply just faith in a substance. It's great big water because the Word of God is big inside your soul. Looking constantly into the Word of God, we are changed from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory, and this is by the Spirit who is the Lord, which means the glory, which is the water, gets bigger as we're looking into the Word. The Scripture has to become alive in the mind. There is a loosening of the mind to see the water of the Word. If it's dull, if it's sealed, if it's religious, if it's dead letter, that's because Satan, with his sorcery, has damned the mind so that the Word is not in liquid form. When the mind is loose with seven horns and seven eyes of the Lamb of God, that means that the mind is in a liquid state. That's when the mind is alive, the mind of Christ. The seven spirits of God working from ear to ear. When you hear the word, it has to go through the ears first. Your senses choose whether it enters in. A lot of people, the Bible says they're hearers, but they're not actually understanding. They're perceivers but they're not actually seeing. This is because of a sealed state of the soul, which is the practicing of the cursed, the natural realm, and the natural spirit of the natural realm, the Satan, has damned the hearts and the minds of unbelievers. There's a seal. There's a hardness there where the word is not alive when they hear it. If one person, they're rejoicing in it, the next person, they don't feel anything. And that's because of Satan inside the soul. So be aware of how the soul gets tenderized for this word to be like rivers. You come in here and it's like water is passing through the air. Waters of the word. There's rivers of the word. Preaching is the release of the river of the word of God. It's a washing of the word presenting the Bride of Christ as the chaste virgin bride to Jesus through preaching of many waters. The voice of many waters. When the voice goes forth, what is the many waters? It's the waters inside of the voice. It's the waters inside of the Word. When you read the Word, you want to make sure there's water in it. That's how you test the Spirit. And if you can't feel it, there's blockages. Some of them only come out with fasting. Some of them only come out with prayer, which is the presence and getting into the glory. 
but they're all going to come out. And as long as you're making progress, you're going from glory to glory as the soul's burning off or cleansing off of the spirit. And the expression of the spirit, the perfect part of you, is making increase through the body, through the heart, through the brain, through the bones and begins to wrap the outer man and cocoon it. So you're not simply stuck on the inside of that body, wondering if there's a God or just having some kind of blind faith or something. It becomes a tangible reality of living in a cocoon. That's the mansion of God. In my Father's house are many mansions. It's the dwelling or the armor of God. It's living in an orb of light a mansion of Shekinah glory because your spirit is pouring out with rivers through the soul, which is the full unlocking of the seven seals by the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Do not weep or lament. That's the place of perfected joy. Weeping and lamenting is because the word is not fully getting through the head. That the head is damning it down so it's causing you to be cursed living as mere men and women in the realm of the natural not understanding the power of the word that saves you the gospel the gospel has to get all the way through the head has to pass through the head the bible says and that rock was christ and water came out of the rock the rock is your brain you gotta get the brain with a river flowing through it. The brain without the water controlling it is at war against all the things of God. Everything the angelic kingdom of Zion is doing will be opposed by a person whose brain is not in the liquid light of his glory. They won't understand it, but they, they'll fight it. They'll think it's the devil. They'll blaspheme. What do call those who call good evil and evil good? It's because the brain doesn't have water in it. It's someone who's still living in the seven seals of the fall of Adam and Eve. There were seven seals there, which is what shuts down the spirit from ruling the soul. So glorification in those bodies, living by the spirit, open the seven seals. Just lay hands on your belly and just say, open the seven seals. Lion of the tribe of Judah, open the seven seals in me. Amen. It needs to happen. And then comes the outflowing of the river. Should we go there? We need to. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard addressing me like the calling of a war trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place in the future. At once I came under the Holy Spirit's power, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, and one seated on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like the crystalline brightness of jasper and the fiery sardius, and encircling the throne there was a halo that looked like a rainbow of emerald. Twenty-four other thrones surrounded the throne, and seated on these thrones were twenty-four elders, the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin, arrayed in white clothing, with crowns of gold upon their heads. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning, and rumblings, and peals of thunder, and in front of the throne, seven blazing torches burning 
which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And in front of the throne there was also what looked like a transparent glassy sea as if of crystal, and around the throne in the center at each side of the throne were four living creatures and beings who were full of eyes in front and behind with intelligence as to what is before and at the rear of them. The first living creature being was like a lion, the second living creature like an ox. The third living creature had the face of a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, individually having six wings, were full of eyes all over and within, underneath their wings. And day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, omnipotent, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures offer glory and honor and thanksgiving to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever through the eternities of the eternities, the twenty-four elders, the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin, fall prostrate before him who is sitting on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, and they throw down their crowns before the throne, crying out, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive the glory and the honor and dominion, for you created all things, and by your will they were brought into being and were created. And I saw lying on the open hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll, a book written within and on the back closed and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel announcing in a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and who is entitled and deserves and is morally fit to break its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth in the realm of the dead of Hades was able to open the scroll or to take a single look at its contents and I wept audibly and bitterly because no one was found fit to open the scroll or to inspect it then one of the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin said to me stop weeping See, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root and Source of David, has won, has overcome and conquered. It's the Spirit conquering the soul. He can open the scroll. He can open and break its seven seals in your soul. And there between the throne and the four living creatures and beings and among the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, who have been sent on duty far and wide into all the earth. He then went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, 
the four living creatures and the 24 elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin prostrated themselves before the Lamb. Each was holding a harp, lute or guitar, and they had golden bowls full of incense, fragrant spices, and gums for burning, which are the prayers of God's people, the saints. And now they sing a new song. It was a solar song before. Now it's a spiritual song. It's a new song. It's a new song that your spirit's singing inside your bodies today. Let it sing all the way through. Let every seal be loosed in you. Let Jesus move in you. Let the Lord Jesus be stirred in you. Any blockage, any misunderstanding, all carnality, any curse, be burned up in your soul. Be burned up in your DNA. Pour through your brain by Jesus on the inside. That's the new song. It's the Spirit rising in you, coming all the way through. And the full manifestation of your sonship is at hand. Jesus is going to finish what He began in your spirit. That's the promise that He will bring your spirit all the way through your heart. That He will glorify your soul. That your soul will learn the glory of your spirit. That the new creature will come out of the temple. We'll bury the temple in glory. We'll baptize the temple in the crystal sea. And your spirit will join Him on His throne as an overcomer of your own flesh. As an overcomer of your own brain. All we do to overcome, to be seated on His throne, is overcome our own five physical senses. That's the dung gate. The five senses are the dung gate. And all it has is manure in it. It's not capable of righteousness. It's not capable of wisdom. But Jesus will lead you through the dung gate. Jesus will wash the dung gate and He will bury you in living water. And your consciousness will be a new mind and a new creature and it will sing a new song. It's your spirit communicating in a new language. Singing, celebrating every word out of your mouth, life-giving. No curses, no frustration, no whining, no complaining, no gossiping, no leprosy of the mouth, no sinning of the tongue. That whole path is drowned. All that remains before you is a sea of glass. Everything in your soul drowned. Not only does He open the seven seals, He drowns the contents therein. There is a perfecting to the opening. He'll finish new stuff. Salvation starts in spirit, but it ends in the bones. It started in your innermost being, but if you let it flow all the way through, it ends in your marrow, in your bone marrow. Can these dry bones live? They can live if you let the new song conquer every other thing that the DNA is speaking, every other word getting devoured every other expression that old personality the old opinions the arguments the theology the debates <laughs> even the ideas anything that's wandering 
of the wandering stars. All of it gets drowned and controlled by the river. And the river opens up into the sea. And it's a great expanse of openness for the spirit to rule over the realm of the natural. He has granted rulership of the natural realm to your spirit only. Authority is a spirit. Dominion is a spirit. Power and might is a spirit. Wisdom and glory and honor is a spirit. The overcomer's abilities are only in the spirit. Every other part of you gets drowned. We thank you, Father, for drowning every other part of us tonight. Give us a vision for our liquid future. Some of us need a blender. There's a lot of ice, hardness. There's a lot of stuff that just needs to get pureed and just washed away. So, I, Father, I pray that the areas where there's ice in us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our personality, they'd get pureed. They get melted, and you'd sweeten our minds. The great grace would rest upon our minds. Give us hope for a future glory tonight. A lot of times when you're in the blender, it's just all bad. I mean, is there anything good in me? Christ in you is good in you. You share fully with the divine nature not even partially. To those that are born again, He has given the river without measure. You have the fullness of deity indwelling your bodily form. And all the other stuff that's not deity is marked for slaughter. There's going to be a lot of annihilating, a lot of slaughtering, a lot of drowning, a lot of baptizing, and that stuff is no longer going to speak. There's this thing in us called a beast that's given a voice. And everything it says is a lie continuously. I said in my astonishment, all human beings are liars. That DNA lies. That science lies. The natural realm is a liar. The natural man is all lies. It's the water of truth. Living water is the only reality on earth. And it will be the only reality that remains called the kingdom of heaven when our faith is perfected. And the sea will be your great harvest. Your sanctification, your pure transformation will prepare many new realms for you to walk into. And your spirit will be the leader. Many doors will open. It's just a greater pureeing, a greater blending, a greater washing, a greater glory that the name of Jesus would be more glorified in you, 2 Thessalonians. More glory, more light, a brighter witness with a purer soul. And we thank you, Holy Ghost, for purifying our souls and for the assigned angels assigned to every listener, purifying these souls. In Jesus' name, binding up demonic influence at the sound of my voice so it no longer steer the courses of their minds or influence their emotions, making them go haywire. Wow! All of that be bound up in Jesus' name for the increase of the living water, 
for the increase of the peace that passes understanding, for the increase of marriage to the Lamb, and the spirit of a sound mind of those married to Him, controlled by Him, who care first for His feelings and emotions, His desires and His wants, and His cares. A people set apart as priests to our God. I will make them pillars in the temple of my Father, serving the Father's pleasure in all things. Thank you, Father, for the set-apart priests of the Melchizedek Order. They're going through all the training necessary to serve before your fire, to serve in your fire as fire. And anything that can be burned, I pray, Father, that you would put your thumb and your finger on those areas and there would be a greater yieldedness in our souls to the fire of God. Glory to glory, fire to fire, stardom to stardom. It is your spirit shining as the stars of the heavens forever. Daniel 12:3. Wisdom. Wisdom is the development of the brightness of your eternal spirit at the expense of your temporal flesh which will share an eternal life if you burn it up completely. Let there not be one fly in the perfume. And where there is, let the fire of God just burn it. Test everything in fire. Baptize all of our people in fresh fire from all impurity and all immoral thoughts. Let our people in Red Letter Ministries have the purest thought life of any group through the discipleship and the power of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. We must have a pure and spotless chaste virgin to present to Jesus, for there is no rulership or inheritance shared with anything else. Thank you, Father, for purifying us and the grace and the unconditional love constantly changing our minds, constantly increasing the moral purity of our hearts until our faces are shining crystal clear and sparkling and a full demonstration of the white dove. And let everyone drink the waters of the white dove like the days of Noah. That's what will draw them to the kingdom like an ark. And all the animals came two by two, seven by seven to Noah's ark. They will come into the kingdom through your pure waters. Thank you, Jesus, for a fresh, sweet release of crystal clear, pure, chaste, virgin, living waters of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ through these temples and everyone in this ministry. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Bless you guys. It's a new season. The water is always new. All you gotta do is drink it. Enjoy the river. Have a beautiful night in the glory. Talk to the Holy Ghost. Whatever is on your heart. Just talk to him about anything. He longs to hear your voice directed towards him. He's omnipresent. As you talk to him, he'll manifest his presence. As you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he becomes your best friend. True success 
on earth is becoming best friends with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh.